Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. And uh, all who helped us to sing this morning, um, it's a joy that the Church of Jesus is a singing church. There's something about the praise of God that needs to be put into action. It's not just an idea or a thought or a disposition that God created us physically. There is something to be expressed in our gratitude towards God. Amen? Part. Am I okay? Am I on? In and out. Okay. Praise God. Um, I'd also just... Um, indulge me at welcoming my wife back to church again. You know, Sam's been out. Some of you know um, she's been caring for her mother who recently passed. And um, we have a whole new appreciation of what it means to care for aging parents. And I think until you go through that, you don't know. And um, also the loss of a parent. Those are big things in our lives. And so, again, thank you for the love and support. And it's nice to have Sam back. So, um, Let's pray, and we're going to commit our time in the Word to the Lord. We're going to read Psalm 146 um, in a minute. But let's ask God to open our hearts for His Word. Father God, we thank You for the way You operate in our lives. We don't always see it coming. Sometimes You surprise us with good things. Sometimes You surprise us with hard things. But, Lord, we know You keep coming. You keep pursuing us. And Lord, we want to be the people that respond to your pursuit, not just act like it's no big deal or brush it off or ignore you altogether. We want to respond to you rightly. Thank you for your word because it teaches us how to respond rightly. Our emotions and our thoughts, they're not always right, Lord. They're quite often wrong. They bring us the wrong responses. And yet we want our hearts to be discipled. We want our lives to be shaped so that we react and respond rightly to you. And so, Lord, as we go through your word today, help your word to go through us to do these very things. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So open your Bibles or your phones or look on the screen behind me, and we're going to read Psalm 146. It says this, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plan comes to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind, and the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. 
but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen? Somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. There you go. All right, so I want to make sure... Normally when I read the scriptures, I assume you listen and then you learn. But today I have a small quiz for you. So you can pull out your phones. And has anyone ever played Kahoot before? There you go, Kahoot in church. All right, so we're going to play Kahoot. If you have a phone, open your web browser to Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. Or if you have the Kahoot app, you can... Download that now and have it there. So do you have it on your phones? Some of you older people are looking at me with your glad. It's okay. Pull out your phones in church. You don't know what you're doing. All right. So I have a Kahoot on Psalm 146. Go ahead. Play it. All right. Classic. Perfect. Ready to join. So on your phones, join at kahoot.it and enter this game piece, that number, in your phone. All right, you got it? I know. This is, you're going to get it. Everyone's talking. Now, there you go. Put your name in, Danimal. That's all right. Seven, eight players. Keep it coming. You're going to learn some more about Psalm 146. Good. Good. Look at you go. All those, all, all those like um, hours you spent on Twitter finally paying off for Jesus. All right, you can keep signing in. All right, that's enough. Ready? Let's, um, you can still join as we go, but go ahead and start the game. And let's look at our questions. Question number one. This is just a practice one to get you learning how to do it. What year did Living Word Church begin? Press your color. Put your answer in. Two seconds left. Ah, the answer is orange. November. Some of you said 1866. One of you has never heard of Living Word Church before. I think the church actually began before that, but we incorporated November 1978. This Thanksgiving will be our 30-year anniversary. All right, next question. 40 years, sorry. Just testing if you're awake. What Bible verse does loving God, loving people summarize? Put your answer in. What Bible verse does loving God, that's our slogan. Have you ever seen the logo? It's written on the wall right outside the building here. Loving God, loving people. Hurry up. You got 10 seconds. It's not in the Bible. If anyone puts that down, the ushers will remove you from the room. All right, the answer is, yeah, red, blue, and orange. I made that easy in case you were guessing. You had a 75% chance of getting that right. 
Jesus actually quotes Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. That's where that comes from. The entire Bible is about loving God, loving people. And, of course, in the New Testament, the gospel writers would quote Jesus saying it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well done. You are graded, by the way. You get points on speed and accuracy. What's next? Veronica's crushing it. What does it mean to praise the Lord all my life? Answers on the board. Yeah, get that Dell update off of there if you can, John. Green is every day in every way I will try to please the Lord. You guys are doing great. Nine of you said, I will sing from the moment of birth to the moment of death. Good for you. Does anyone's name in Hebrew mean praise singer? I didn't think so. All right, very good. Next. Veronica's, whoa, we go through the score pretty quick. What does it mean not to put your trust in princes? Yeah, I was having a lot of fun with this one. All right, last second. Oh, you can trust God even when people let you down. Good answer, 47. Three of you would be wise not to loan Luke Prince money. And there's one person that really needs to listen to this sermon about making rich friends and popular friends as your way of managing life. And none of you got invited to the royal wedding. I know that's true. Next. What does it mean that God is faithful forever? I know that forever is a term often used to describe my sermons. God loves you no matter what. God never gives up on you. You can trust God with everything. Answers are red, blue, and yellow. Well done. Is that the last one or we got one more? That's it. All right. Veronica is the winner and still champion. <laughs> She's her, her fiance. There are um, no, no prizes will be awarded for this competition, but you are honored in our midst. All right, go away. That's very good. Some of you, that was your very first game of Kahoot. You'll be better next time. The psalm starts, it says, praise the Lord three times. First of all, it says, I will, it just says, praise the Lord. And then it says, praise the Lord, O my soul. And then it says, praise the Lord, all my life. Now, Psalm 46 is a song. It's a hymn for the Hebrew nation. 
It's a hymn for Israel, singing the praise, laying out there an opportunity for the people of God to praise the Lord. And the way it begins, it's quite beautiful. So the first thing is, it just says, praise the Lord. It's almost like an invitation. So if I say, praise the Lord, you say, praise the Lord, or maybe you praise the Lord. It's an invitation to everybody. It's like this song, this is an occasion, a created occasion for you to give praise and honor to God. You can choose to do it, or you can choose not to do it. The first praise the Lord is that. It's an invitation. And every time, every circumstance, every moment, whether you're young or whether you're old, it's an invitation for you to praise the Lord. You don't have to accept that invitation. You can, you can do this. You can be too cool for school. You can be distracted. You can be busy playing Kahoot with a friend. You can do anything. It's your choice. But this song begins with an invitation. It says, praise the Lord. And to all whose hearts are willing, to those whose hearts would dare to lift up the name of Jesus, that opportunity is yours. And I'll say this. Every opportunity that you miss is also your loss. Sometimes you think, well, I, I don't have time for that, or I don't like this song, or something's bothering me today, or I'm just sleepy. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Those are crisis moments of loss for you. And I would say to you, you should think about that, that whenever you see a moment of worship, whether it's in this room, whether it's at your kitchen table, or walk through the woods, or in a conversation, anytime you get a moment for worship, don't miss it. Don't waste it. Because there's an invitation. The second one is, praise the Lord, what? Oh, my soul. So suddenly, the psalmist, the singer says, hey, praise the Lord, general invitation. All of a sudden, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. So now he's dealing with himself. This is personal. This is me and God. Will I worship the Lord? Will you worship the Lord? I mean, if I made that into a real question, will you, will you worship the Lord? Yes or no? Yes. Will you worship? Will you worship? Ask yourself that. Will you worship the Lord? Will I? I think if some of you are honest, you might have a stubborn response. You might be like, sure. Sure. Uncle, I mean Jesus. You feel somehow obligated. And this psalm is about just breaking you loose from your obligations and inviting you into a sweet, beautiful relationship with Jesus all over again. Will you worship, O oh my soul? Will you set aside your heartache? Will you set aside your sin? Will you let Jesus the cross forgive you of your sin? Will you move forward in your life into worship, into greater worship? And then the last praise the Lord is I will praise the Lord all my life. So the first one is this general invitation. The second one is this deep, soul-searching question. And the third one is about duration. You know, the Christian life is not, it's not a sprint. It's called a marathon. It's about a long song of praise. A long song, not a short song. A long song. It starts when you're very young, and it goes through your adolescence, into your 20s, into whatever, if you get married, into your married and family life, into your retirement, into your 
geriatric age groups right to the end. It's a long song of praise. Maybe some of you have, have, have had this wrong thought. You're kind of tired in your worship. You're tired in your faith because you sprinted for a little while. Yes, Jesus, and you just got tired. You got winded. You got disappointed. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to rest. Listen, God is in it for the long game. Are you? When you're young, you don't know what you don't know. You just think you know it all. When you're old, you realize, I don't know anything. Except you know a lot. And in each of those seasons, in seasons of youth, in seasons of old age, in seasons of plenty, in seasons of nothing, in seasons of heartache and confusion and and grief, in seasons of joy and delight and the happiest moments of your life, it's the same song. It's not a different song. You know that beautiful, joyous moment you had? Maybe when you graduated college. How good did that feel, Ilya? How good did that feel? Did you throw your hat? No, he didn't throw his hat. Did you throw your hat? Yeah. Oh, doesn't anyone throw their hats anymore? Rules. The last rule of college. I'd have gone home and thrown my hat. I'd have thrown that hat. There are great moments of joy and accomplishment and satisfaction in life. Like when you got married, right? Daniel, were you pretty jazzed about that moment? I remember you. You're kind of a steady guy. You're not given the highs and lows as much, but you were pretty high that day. So was your dad. I, that guy has moves that he was making up on the dance floor. The point is, when you're high or when you're low, it's the same song. It's the same trust. It's the same Lord. It's the same praise. And the question is, about praise the Lord, is will you lift the Lord high? Will you exalt it? When we sing, I exalt thee, it means I'm lifting you higher, Lord, higher than anything else. Lord, I, I, I lift you higher. I think more of you. I value you more than anything else, than money and things, than reputation and prestige. I value you, Lord, your opinion, your fellowship, your, my relationship with you. It's worth more to me than anything else. That's what it means to praise the Lord. So when we sing songs about how great God is, we're simply singing that song, the Lord, you're worthy. I exalt you. For thou, O Lord, art high above all other things. There's nothing, Lord, that's higher than you. That's praise. And we, we praise whether we do it in our songs or in our decisions, right? I'm going to rob a bank. Wait a second. The Lord says not to steal. I exalt the Lord over my desire for the money in the bank. I'm going to cheat a friend. Because if I cheat that friend, I'll make these friends, and they're kind of more important, more popular friends. Wait a second. The Lord says to honor one another. And so I don't want to cheat a friend because I value the Lord above all things. I would never talk about a friend behind their back 
and do them harm so that I could be more popular with these people because I worship the Lord. I exalt the Lord. Don't bear false witness. I'm very attracted to my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and I just feel like we should hook up. That sounds really fun. That sounds really great. Wait a second. I'm going to worship the Lord with my decision to keep the marriage bed pure, to keep my body, my temple pure to the Lord until the moment God gives me the gift of sex. This is our worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord all the days of my life. Praise the Lord. He tells us to trust in him and not to trust in princes. You got to love that. How many people does Luke owe money to? He's looking at Braden. Andy raised his hand just because he's greedy. People are great. I love people. If you know me, I'm a people person. Some of my best friends are people. But the Bible says, the Bible says that if I trust in human beings, they cannot save me. People are limited. People will let you down and fail you. A little too loud, brother. Someone owes him money. <laughs> They're limited. They let you down. And people die. People break your heart. One way or the other. But the scripture says, blessed are those who put their hope, who put their trust in the God of Jacob. It's very simple, very practical. He says, look, God is faithful forever. Forever. He is faithful forever. His name is faithful. It's the very personal name of God, Yahweh. He will always be who he is. He will never change. I am who I am. I will never be other. He told that to Moses when Moses was saying to him, I got to convince other people that this is a good idea going, getting out of Egypt and going to Pharaoh. No one's going to do it. No one's going to do it. Who do I say is sending me? And he says, the faithful one. I will always, always be faithful. I'm not saying don't trust your friends. I'm not saying don't build profound relationships and community together. We need that. We need each other. But ultimately, Ultimately, you need to put your trust in God. And, and we put our trust in people to make us feel good, to make us feel like we belong. We put our trust in people thinking, well, my financial solution will be done by this. Or we put our trust in people by thinking this guy's going to get me a job or find me a wife or whatever it is. And you know what? Great. All those things get people involved in your life. But if you put your trust in 
in a human being who is limited, who will let you down, and who will die, you will be disappointed. And worse than that, I'm not as concerned about your disappointment. You will miss an opportunity to praise the Lord. Because putting your faith in the God of Jacob, putting your faith in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who was and who is and is to come, who holds all things in his hand, including you, putting your trust in him is one of the greatest praise the Lord's you'll ever do. Lastly, I just want to say this. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. When we talk about praising the Lord, praising the Lord is a generational thing. How many people here are first-generation Christians? Anybody? Yeah. So good for you. Praise the Lord for you. Praise God for what he did. When I was in Mongolia, Mongolia became open to Christianity. It was a heavily overseen communist country up until 1992. The Russians left, and they had their own Mongolian revolution. It was peaceful, but suddenly Christianity became legal. Everyone in Mongolia is a first-generation Christian. There aren't many Christians there, but everyone... I met one of the oldest Christians in, in Mongolia. He was like 40. He's like, I was like, I heard you were one of the first Christians to come, people to come to Christ in Mongolia. He's like, yeah, pretty close to that. I came to the Lord in 1992. I'm like, wow. But Christianity, our faith, our praise to God is meant to be generational. That means the grandmas and the grandpas are supposed to be praising the Lord. The rest of us middle banders, right, we're supposed to be praising the Lord. And the kids are supposed to be praising the Lord. That together, this makes an all-generation worship service, right? All-generation worship service. Let me just show you a little bit how that should look. Children should honor and obey their parents. Amen. Thank you. Kids, one of the ways which you say praise the Lord is to honor and obey your parents. Even when they're wrong, even when they're ridiculous, even when you don't understand half the words they're using, one way to say praise the Lord is to do what? Kids, if you're under 10, say it. If you're a teenager, say it. If you're a 20-year-old, say it. If you're up at honoring and obeying your parents is a way to praise the Lord in the generations. Fathers, do not frustrate your children. That's a way to say praise the Lord. I could get some testimonies from kids today. Has your father ever frustrated you? The first row would be exempt from these testimonies. The Bible says that fathers don't frustrate your children, but teach them and admonish them in the ways of the Lord. One of the ways we as adult parents praise the Lord is by wisely and carefully raising our children, not with our anger or intimidation, but with wisdom, with consistency, and with the love of Jesus. That is the way you worship the Lord. It's not, I mean, coming to church, it's good. Dads belong in church. But that's not the whole story. The generations worship as fathers don't frustrate, but instead inspire and teach and train their children to love and obey Jesus.
Amen? Fathers, how do we worship the Lord? By not frustrating our children. Very good. There's, there's other ways we say praise the Lord when it comes to generations. This is going to seem very old-fashioned, but you remember when, when people used to rise in the presence of the aged? If an older person would have walked in the room, you'd stand to show them respect and honor, right? That says praise the Lord. Showing respect and showing honor to the oldest generations among us is worship to the Lord. And when you fail to do that, you miss an opportunity to worship Jesus. Now, whether or not we as a culture rise in the presence of the aged, that's one thing or another. But it certainly should inform the way you treat older people in the grocery aisle and on the road. If you have ever been frustrated and whizzed past an older driver and said, you can't even see over the wheel, Grandpa, or some sort of ageist slam or slight, shame on you, you dishonored the Lord. Do you hear me? The Lord reigns forever. For generations, the Lord is to be praised. Earlier today, I, I held a precious little baby in my arms while its mother was eating a breakfast burrito. I had the privilege, and she didn't cry. So I officially love her. I was just intoxicated with this beautiful, precious little child. It was easy for me to love the generation, to bless the generation. But it's not always easy to honor and obey your parents. Fathers, it's not always easy not to frustrate your children. People, it's not always easy to be patient with those whose bodies fail to move as quickly as they once did. However, the Lord reigns in power for all generations. And the question for us is, the response that we give to him, will we say praise the Lord in the generations? By honoring and obeying, by not frustrating, but with wisdom, patience, and the diligence of God, and by respecting and honoring those who are older than us. It's precious, isn't it? Lastly, and we'll end with this, the scripture says that those who are oppressed, pushed down, and in need, says that the Lord lifts them and frees them and delivers them when we call. We're going to end this morning with uh, Grant, Grant Allison. Come on up, Grant. He's going to sing a song from his newly published album, which, yeah. This may just seem like a shameless plug for one of my friends, which it is. However... This song will minister to you because it describes the last half of that psalm where it says, those who call on him are delivered by his power. Amen? Tough, tough. Grand.